Hey, little creeps and freaks. Creepies and freakies. Freakies. Welcome back to the Nick of Crime podcast. Wow, that's fast. I was going to keep going. I thought you were. I was waiting for it. Like an auctioneer. (laughs) Go for it. Um, Those who are new, we're usually a weekly true crime podcast, but we also like to do some spooky, spooky, spooky shit. And I'm always here for your comedic relief. Yep. And that's us. In a nutshell. See you later. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Have a nice day. Quickest episode ever. Go. <laughs> um, we're terrible about like sticking to a schedule right now, but we're really trying to stick with our every other week. And then eventually, maybe we'll be able to get back to every week. But this is what you get from us. Um, we yeah. did make the top uh, 50 again. For good pods? Uh-huh. And we got number do 16. You know the trick to good pods? Yes, I do. But I was just, just surprised. <laughs> I was just surprised. It's because we still have like... Beth and Bailey and some other people. Wait, I looked Katie. at it the other day and we have like a lot of listeners that aren't actual podcasters. Yeah. But that I think threw me off. It seems to me that it's based on whoever likes your episode. Yes. I don't think there's a lot of activity on there because we only ever get like three people that like it. But we can always count on Beth True. and Katie. <laughs> They're always there. But no, I get it. We all went through our phases of being excited about it and then we all realized, oh, it's just us helping each other. <laughs> <laughs> We're all up there being yep. the big time podcasters only because we take each other mm-hmm. to yep. that next level. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Anyway. We're trying to get this shit done. Okay. Do you want me to do our weekly fuckery? Because I've got one. Yeah. You didn't even let me like intro you. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great intro. It's a me so Courtney, what I'm weekly going. fuckery do you have? So, <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. 5 p.m. This past Sunday. Yep, this past Sunday. 5 p.m. A woman by the name of Victoria Anderson called 911 to tell the dispatcher that her husband was threatening to shoot her, according to um, a statement that was given by the 911 dispatcher. Where was this at? Um, Hang on. I know where this is. Uh, It is in the city of Houston. Oh, okay. Um, to which then, while on the phone, moments later, the dispatcher heard a gunshot, and she was killed by her husband, James Anderson, who also is a special education teacher. (gasps) Whoa! Uh, apparently they have had domestic violence issues quite often. Like, this is not out of the norm by any means, um, other than he actually killed her this time, unfortunately. And it ended up turning into a hostage situation because they have a three-year-old son in the house. So when I heard police, about this. Yeah, police oh. got there, they had a standoff for like, I think they said something like four or five hours. Yeah. Then the SWAT team had to negotiate with him. He let his son out of the house. Thank goodness. But then they had to negotiate longer to get into the house. To which then he was arrested. And he is currently at Harrison County Jail in the city of Houston. And his bond has been set to $300,000, which not I enough. think is not even close to enough. No. Um, and all he cares about is that his son's being taken care of, which, like... I mean, yes, yes I... Yes, but also you just killed your wife. Exactly. Like, you would be why he wouldn't be taken care of, because you literally removed both of his parents from his life. Yes. Effectively. Yes. And what the child was taken to the hospital right after just to make sure he was okay. Everything mm-hmm. was fine. Good. Given to family members. So right. living with family members. And uh yeah, he's uh chilling in jail right now. 
Oh my gosh. And uh, interesting fact about him is that, and I don't know why this is a common denominator with killers, but mm-hmm. uh, his prior career before being a special education teacher was performing as a clown and balloon artist nope. under the name of Mr. Jazz <laughs> at, <laughs> at children's parties and public library events. Red flag. Red so flag. many red flags. So many Fuck red flags. And there's videos of him on YouTube dressed up in a red bowler hat just demonstrating how to make various balloon designs. And they were probably creepy. Probably. Ew. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Also, I really hope the 911... Ew, what a piece of shit. Yeah. I really hope the 911 dispatcher is okay because that is traumatizing. Oh, I'm sure they have... I know they have special procedures for when stuff like that happens, right. but I but hope they are still, okay. It's one thing being trained on it, and it's another thing experiencing Facts. it. I mean, I know they run the gamut of experiencing things that I'm sure in Houston, you know, it, yep. things like that will come up. But my gosh, to actually be on the phone when it happens. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're a poor child. I know. I feel so bad oh. for that sweet little angel. And the fact that she was on the phone... Right. It's like mind-blowing to me. And the fact that he had the audacity to just be like... Yeah. He literally, like, clearly didn't care. No. Zero. Oh, my god. Like, divorce... Divorce is okay, guys. Like, divorce is truly right. okay. That's my... Divorce. All the time is when someone kills their spouse, just get a fucking divorce. Right. Instead of taking somebody and out of this And people are like, it's not that easy. No, it's not that easy, but it's... Better than killing someone? Are you kidding me? Because now you've made your life ten times more complicated. You have no life. Your life is over. Their life is over. Yes. Your children, if If you have children children involved, their life has changed forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. What a fucker. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Not much on it, obviously. It just happened Sunday, but... Oh, my gosh. I want to kind of follow this one a little bit to see what happens, because I feel like he should definitely get life in prison at least yeah thousand percent and rot for the rest of his days what a fucker Mm -hmm. oh yeah so that was my fuckery and it was literal fuckery yeah literally some fuckery well thank you for telling that story i hope that baby's okay me too i hope that guy fucking suffers and i hope his wife is resting yeah i don't think it's peacefully but i feel bad she will when she gets justice. Facts. <sighs> Come on, Texas. Don't be dickwads. Right. Sorry, Katie and Emily. We love you, we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no state has really good judicial matters no. at all. <laughs> no. There are just some states that I worry about more than others. Facts. And that's one of them. <laughs> Yikes. So, yeah. What are you bringing to the table since it's a episode? This one is wild you're like, telling me that before yes. we even started recording like this is probably the most engrossed i've been in a case in a long time it's oh fucking insane okay i saw this i watched an episode of still a mystery i actually really like that show i've not Discovery watched Post. it they cover really good cases that you don't really hear about mm. um pretty sure it's still a mystery i'm getting i'm debating between that or disappeared i'm pretty sure it's still a mystery the newest season Either way, I had to cover it once I saw this. I was so just transfixed on this case. So I'm going to talk about the disappearance of Marshall Awasa. We're going to Canada. Eh? Ooh, we're leaving the U.S., <laughs> ladies are. and gentlemen. Be proud. We're doing some out of the U.S. ones. Woohoo! This one's terrible, though. Okay, so Marshall Awasa, and 
this is how that show pronounced it. It's his last name is spelled I W A A S A. So I Sounds apologize right. if that's wrong, but that's how the show did it. And they were interviewing his family, so I would assume that is correct. Okay. But <clears throat> Marshall was born on January third of nineteen ninety three in Lethbridge, Alberta, in Canada. Lethbridge is also very close to the U.S. border with Montana. It's about an hour away from it. Those who knew Marshall described him as a very kind and gentle soul. And in an interview with CanadaUnsolved.com, his sister named Paige, her last name is Fogan, um, she joked and she said, quote, he sucked up all the aggression in the womb before he was born because I'm way more, like, assertive. <laughs> <laughs> so she jokes that she got all that assertiveness and kind of the aggression. Um, and he's just very, he's very docile, you know. Um, he had nieces and nephews who described him as the fun uncle. And his sister noted that his, that her kids loved playing with his hair. He had longer, curly, dark mm-hmm. hair. And it was just precious. Like, just the the way she talked about how he interacted with them. So sweet. I love that. Growing up, uh, Lethbridge is a very small community. Marshall played football and rugby, and he was very outdoorsy. He would go camping whenever he could. He would always go with friends and family when he went camping, typically. So just something to keep in mind. Okay. Marshall held a pretty tight-knit group of friends throughout school. It said he had pretty much the same friends throughout elementary, through all the way through to high school. Makes sense, if especially if you're in a small town. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like everyone knew each other in their whole lives. Um, but he did end up gaining some more friends after graduating high school. He got really into bodybuilding, so he kind of got a new community. Oh, fun. Yeah, but that was still still pretty small group. You know, he liked to keep his people close, and he he wasn't, you know... A friend collector, (laughs) like people can be. A friend collector. (laughs) Out of high school, Marshall worked at a grocery store. He actually started working there while he was in high school, um, according to some reports. But he eventually started working labor jobs in Alberta, um, which that area is known for the oil and the gas industry. So Mm -hmm. he just did manual labor jobs in that industry. Eventually, he enrolled in school at the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, also called SAIT. And there he wanted to study software development. Yeah. (laughs) Such a big change from manual labor to that, but good for him. It's a big change, but also, like, that's a tough field. Like, Mm -hmm. mad props. But he's going to great school for it. True. Yeah. After being accepted into the school, he moved to Calgary, which is about two to three hours from Lethbridge. Marshall's sister Paige said he made friends at the school, but again, held a pretty tight-knit group. Um, Paige actually had ended up moving to Hawaii at one point. Mm. I forgot to look it up. I think it was while Marshall was in high school or maybe shortly after, but Marshall would go out there every year at Christmas. Um, the two of them would celebrate their birthdays together. Their birthdays were only a week apart. So yeah. And right around Christmas. Love it. Much of the time their family would all go to celebrate together as well. And Paige said they would do quote, all the corny family Christmas stuff. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So she said they you know, do their gingerbread houses, make ugly sweaters. See, and I hate stuff. Christmas, but I love that they do that kind of yeah. stuff. That's cool. <laughs> Despite the distance between them, Paige said she and Marshall still kept contact about once a week. They would just kind of text back and forth. But once Marshall started school at SAIT, the time between their conversations would get a little bit longer. That's a so. really, really stressful program. Exactly. He was busy. So, you know, they just kind of learned to get a little bit more used to it. In the summer of 2019, Paige flew back home to Canada, and she stayed there for a portion of July and August. Their family was having a reunion at that time, so she stayed out there. 
but it was pretty common for her. I think it said she would go home about every six months and would stay for a little while. I don't even know what a family reunion is. We don't do them. <laughs> <laughs> We've only done a couple with my family. I have a massive family, but... My family's not close, so it's weird. When I hear that, I'm always like, oh, I wonder what that's like. Right. <clears throat> um, during the reunion, the family went camping in Montana for a week, too. So this whole family is very outdoorsy. <laughs> While she was in Canada, she explained that she and Marshall went to access a storage unit that they both shared. I know this sounds strange. It's going to come into play, so just remember this. Um, the storage unit had Christmas ornaments, family items, camping stuff, and just kind of other miscellaneous stuff. I don't think that's weird. I don't think so either, but me mentioning the storage unit kind of might confuse some people. Oh, fair. It's relevant to the story. Okay. So, when Paige was ready to return to Hawaii that August, she left Marshall with some more stuff to put into the storage unit. Okay. The assumption of the entire family at, you know, during the summer, during the reunion, was that Marshall was going to return to SAIT for the fall semester in 2019. But Paige noticed that the topic of school didn't come up too much with him, and he was also pretty evasive when it came to answering questions about school. He even hinted at the idea that a degree may not be necessary in his field. He would say things like, you know, you don't even necessarily need a degree to get by in this, and so he was kind of trying to say that a little bit more often so she had the impression that he may have been toying with the idea of not returning to school fair but he hadn't announced anything formally to his family and it just seemed like that was kind of the family that they were they just kind of left it at that and relied on him to tell them when he was ready if Mm -hmm. that was the case but they didn't want to badger him about it on november 17th of 2019 marshall who was 26 at this time was doing chores around the house where he rented a basement unit in Calgary, so where he was going to school. That evening, he got into his GMC Sierra truck, and he drove the two-hour drive to Lethbridge, and he went to go see his mother, Tammy, at her house. Um, She needed some help with her computer, so he stayed there for a bit to help her with what she was needing. He ended up leaving her house at 11 p.m. that night, and he told her that he was going to go get something from his storage locker, the one I previously mentioned. The storage unit was around 15 to 20 minutes from his mom's house, so not too far. And he told her that after that, he was going to be headed back home to Calgary. She tried to get him to stay because it was late, but he told her that he had things that he needed to take care of back home. So he went ahead and left. This is where things get weird. That already sounds weird to me, but okay. Yes. It is reported that Marshall attempted to get access to his storage unit several times throughout the night. His family was able to obtain logs from the storage facility, and it appeared that the code wasn't working or that he was entering in the incorrect code, one or the other. Paige said it seemed like he would try a few consecutive times, take a break, and then try again later. She also didn't seem surprised by the idea of him continuing to try for so long, though. She said that was pretty much part of the course for him. He was, once he was trying to do something, he was going to do it. And I... I feel like especially because he was so far from home, he was like, I have to get into the storage unit. You know, I'm not going to drive. I have like the biggest question mark on my face. I'm so engrossed into what you're talking about. Like I'm hooked. Just you wait, girl. Oh God. Yeah. Um, So either way, it kind of, not that he stayed for so long, but 
It makes sense. You know, he was so far away. I have a question as I'm raising my hand like a five-year-old. For getting into the code, is that getting into the actual physical unit itself or getting into the facility? I think it's just the facility. Okay, because I was just wondering because my unit's like that. The facility has a passcode. Right, I think it's kind of like the public storage. You go put in your code, lets you into the gate, and then you go in. I wonder if the gate just wasn't working. Maybe. Weird. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I I didn't find the exact answer in the actual online research I did, and I can't recall on the episode of the show that I watched, but I'm pretty sure that was the case because I think he had key otherwise to the actual unit. So, like I said, he had left his mom's house at 11 p.m. He was finally able to gain access at 6 a.m., so he stayed there for that long, and he reportedly stayed at the unit for a little over two hours. Yeah. Same, same <laughs> expression that I had, same reaction. Sometimes I wish our viewers, viewers, our right. listeners could see my face. <laughs> our viewers, our listeners were viewers. <laughs> so he was reported to still be in the same area until around 8.30 a.m. on November 18th. But he was never seen after that. It gets weird. A lot weirder. The thing is... No one knows if he were if he was alone or not when he tried to get into the storage unit. Um, family was able to confirm that as far as they could tell, everything was still in the unit. And nothing seemed out of place or seemed to be stolen or rummaged. That's odd that they don't have video surveillance, too. I'll get to that. Okay. Sorry. On November 23rd, hikers in a remote area outside of Pemberton, British Columbia, made a startling discovery. To note, this was about 1,200 kilometers or 745 miles away from where he was last seen. It's a long way. Various routes that could have been taken show the drive taking anywhere from 12 to 16 hours from Lethbridge. This is very far away. The hell? Yeah. The hikers were in a very densely wooded area. They're at a trailhead of a place called Brian Waddington Hut, and they found a burn truck that appeared to be gutted. Like, it was a carcass of a vehicle. (laughs) This is so weird. This one just gives me the heaps. Even more strange, there were many personal items just strewn about on the ground outside of the truck. There was clothing, three smashed phones, toiletries, an expired passport, an Xbox, and a PlayStation, and all kinds of other random effects in the debris outside of the truck. There was um, another report that there were actually two passports as well in the stuff, and one of them was expired. So just to note, the truck was so severely burned that the glass was melted and the wheels had blown off of the truck. That's some hot fire. Yikes. The hikers that Mm. discovered the truck were very smart, very forward thinking, and they took photos of everything. Oh, good. Yes. Thank goodness. One of the hikers was a man named James Stark, and he posted the photos to a Facebook group that he was a part of. It was called South Coast Touring. And in the post, he said, quote, it felt like a crime scene and had a very eerie feeling, end quote. Stark was interviewed by CTV, and he said that only his group of people were registered to stay at the Brian Waddington hut. It was required to visit the hut to be registered. He said not everyone necessarily knew that, but there was no one else registered aside from he and his group. He said that um, him and his group of friends were on their way to the hut when they found the truck. And I think from, I can't remember where on the trail, either from where the truck was 
compared to the trailhead or the trailhead compared to the truck was between like a 15, 20 minute difference. So just for some kind of insight into that. The truck was determined to be Marshall Awasa's. So of the effects that they found, the passports were his. The three smashed phones were old phones of his. So that made me think that he got those out of his storage, storage unit. unit yeah. yeah. And that maybe he had taken them out of because why would they be with him otherwise? But I don't know. But it was found that items of his, including his school laptop, contact lenses and contact solution, his wallet and his most recent phone and a hiking backpack were um, all missing. And that parts of his truck, including the steering column, were stripped and were missing from the scene. And Marshall was nowhere to be found. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Sorry. His sister said that Marshall had no connection with the Pemberton area. They said they didn't have any family members that had connection. Like, no one knew any reason why he would be up there. It's important to note that the area where the truck was found is not easy to traverse at all. Oh, it that. is extremely desolate. You can't access the area with GPS at all. And you have to have four-wheel drive to even get up there. Even according to sources, only people very familiar with the area even know how to get there. So it is not anywhere you just stumble upon. Hmm. Yeah. Even when the investigation first started, British Columbia RCMP tried for two days to get access to the site. And one of their vehicles even got damaged trying to get up there. And they were only finally able to get up there on November 25th. And the truck was found on the 23rd. So that just says how hard it is to get up there. But in the two days it took them to get up there, something had to have happened. The photos that they took did not match what the hikers took. Paige, his sister, even mentioned that some items that are some of the items in the RCMP photos didn't belong to her brother. And other items appeared to be laid neatly next to each other in the RCMP's photos. Hmm. Whereas in the hikers' photos, they were kind of strewn about. His family initially believed that the PlayStation and the Xbox did belong to him. However, Paige went to his home in Calgary in 2020, and she found that his gaming systems were both there. So that meant that those two didn't belong to him. Okay. Right. It's weird. <laughs> On November 26th, Marshall's mother and sister, who were both in Hawaii at the time, so his mom was out there visiting, received a call from the British Columbia RCMP. And they asked them if they knew where Marshall was. At this point, they didn't know he was missing. Because like I had said, he kind of went time without talking to them. So it wasn't necessarily out of the norm. The RCMP told the women that Marshall's truck had been found in Pemberton. But they didn't give them any elaboration or details on it. Paige thought it was weird that his truck was found there without him, of course. And she initially thought that his truck had been stolen. She said... Um, that she then called their cousins and some of Marshall's friends asking if anyone knew where he was. And at that point, their family in Lethbridge started searching for him. Unfortunately, no one could locate him at all. And no one had talked to him leading up to his disappearance. And no one could offer any insight into why his truck would be found where it was. Like nothing. No one knew. It's like literally like the truck just appeared up there. As I mentioned, after the approximate 8.30 a.m. location confirmation of his area, um, of the area around the storage unit, no one had reported hearing or seeing from him. And no one has any idea how his truck got up there and what happened, for that matter. 
investigators reportedly ruled his disappearance a suicide. I was wondering if they were mm-hmm. going to run with that. Ugh. Okay. They had discovered <clears throat> that he withdrew from school. He did actually withdraw and cited that as a possible reason or connection to him wanting to commit suicide. His mother, Tammy, though, felt that this ruling just gave the investigators an easy out. It's a cop out. Exactly. His family insisted that there is no way that he would have harmed himself. His sister, Paige, is staunch in her belief that he did not go up there alone, and she believes that there is a criminal element to it. She told CanadaUnsolved.com, quote, I will not be okay with this until we have answers, and I won't stop until we do, end quote. In the days following the news of his truck being found and the realization that Marshall was missing, his family created a Facebook page called Find Marshall Owasa, And this was in hopes of getting information regarding his disappearance and what happened to his truck. When I, in my source that I was mainly citing, I think the report was from 2019. And they said the group had about 12,000 followers. And when I looked at it last night, I joined it last night. It has over 15,000 now. I was just looking. Yeah. You have to like accept the rules. So you have to be admitted. I think you only have to get approval to be able to post but you still have to go through and acknowledge the rules to be able to see There's the another page. one called Marshall Owasso Case Discussion. Yeah, that's not surprising. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just want to read it. So continue. Yeah. I'm just going to read what they say. The most notable aspect of this disappearance is the lack of CCTV footage that caught Marshall or his truck between Lethbridge and Pemberton. Unfortunately, by the time he was reported as being missing, the security footage at the storage facility had already been deleted or recorded over one or the other. So it wasn't available. There was also absolutely nothing in his financial records that showed that he stopped for gas. And that long of a drive, there's no way. He was in a large truck. He would have had to stop for gas at least a couple times. Right. And even if he had paid with cash, family and friends and investigators find it far-fetched that someone wouldn't have noticed him. He had very distinct tattoos, longer, dark, curly hair, like I said. So he was pretty easy to identify. And he didn't appear to make any other transactions either. So that leads many, including his family, probably mostly his family, to believe that someone else was driving his truck. His family believes that alone should be enough to cause suspicion enough for investigators to treat this as a criminal case. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Investigators also checked with Border Patrol and they received confirmation that he never legally entered the United States. So that just means he never went through... Customs, customs or anything yeah. like that yeah they also checked pawn shops in canada most likely to discern to determine if any of his missing items showed up being sold at any places but they came up short unfortunately by december 4th of 2019 so his truck was found on the 23rd of november so literally like two weeks the bc rmc rcmp that's hard to say altogether. wow the a- bc rcmp had to suspend their initial search because of ongoing snow melt. So there was a lot of snow that happened. And like I said, very hard to get up there anyway, let alone when there's snow. So the same month, they turned over the investigation to the Lethbridge Police Service, which seems weird to Odd, me. Odd, okay. But I guess since Marshall's last seen in Lethbridge, maybe they thought they would have more luck there. But I also think it's a cop-out. And we've said things about RCMP before. And a lot of people say things about that. Yeah. I just don't think they give enough of a shit a lot of the time. No. Nope. But I don't live there, so try not to cast judgment. Hmm. 
in late May of 2020, the Lethbridge Police Service went back up to the truck site and had it searched using cadaver dogs. They informed family that same night that nothing was found. So they had ceased the search in December. So we got January, February, March, April, May. So five months later from when they, the RCMP stopped the investigation. Okay. In late June of 2020, another search including LPS, the Lethbridge Police Service, Pemberton, RCMP, and other officials, this included 12 officers, 15 search and rescue personnel in total, so they conducted another search, all of them. They utilized all-terrain vehicles and helicopters in the search, and then on the ground, RCMP had fire investigators and several private investigators from the Canadian Search and Disaster Dogs Association, and so they're trying to search up in the sky, search on ground, everything, and they find nothing. Nothing. What is the bullshit? Apparently, this search was the first attempt by police to actually investigate the cause and manner of the fire in the truck. Mm. This is now just shy of seven months after the truck was found and Marshall disappeared. However, police said that when the vehicle was initially examined in November, that it the site offered, quote, no evidence to suggest a criminal offense had been committed and no evidence to suggest that anyone other than Iwasa was present when the vehicle was burned. How can you prove that? Exactly. Exactly. How are you, like, you don't have fingerprints, you don't have photo evidence, you don't have anything, but you're going to sit here and tell me that he was there when it happened? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. 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 Not today, Satan. Not today. What's more, Marshall's family had been denied access to the truck site for many months. And they were only able to finally access it on July 3rd of 2020. And it took them over 30 hours to get there. Four low, so it's the number four L-O-W, B-C, assisted them with four by four vehicles to get up that there. That was nice. Thank you. Yes. Somebody's a good human. RCMP preserved items that were recovered from the scene, but they have not been tested, as far as anyone is aware. Lethbridge Police said in a press release, quote, The evidence cannot be DNA tested by the RCMP crime lab unless officers have reasonable grounds to believe a DNA-designated criminal offense has been committed. At this time, no such evidence or grounds exist, end quote. During this same press conference... Or the press release, where the fuck, I don't know if it was written or on camera, whatever. This was in June of 2020 that this happened, mind you. The police service said also, quote, There is evidence to suggest he was experiencing stress in his life and had become withdrawn. End quote. Yeah, it happens to every college student, but right. okay. And they said that this was after they examined his personal affairs, conducted interview with friends, and went through medical and financial records and social media activity. So they made that determination all on their own. Lovely. Yep. It gets even more frustrating. Oh my my gosh, I'm not even doing anything. At one point, so the family ended up hiring private investigators. So at one point, a private fire investigator was brought in, and he located an open Zippo lighter on the floor of the truck, which wasn't previously found. And the guy was interviewed in the show that I watched, and he said it was like they didn't even look through all of the debris in the truck. He was like, there could have been signs of human remains in here, and they wouldn't have known. And it was like a panel that they just needed to move. I think it was like something burned and fell. And they just didn't even bother fucking moving it. It's literally like they just looked with their eyeballs and didn't actually try to sift through anything of this truck. 
and I'll show you the pictures of it. There's so much that they could have gone through. So, like I said, found a Zippo lighter and it was open. And there's a picture of it in the show that I watched too. It appeared that the initial investigators hadn't even gone through everything, like I said, to determine the cause and manner of the fire, which should be point one with something like that. <clears throat> this investigator was able to determine that the fire had started in the passenger cab of the truck. It was a four-door truck, so this was in the front part of the cab. And this proved that the fire had been set intentionally, which is what his family's been saying the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. And no one listens. Within the private investigation team that the family hired, they conducted their own extremely thorough search that Marshall's family and friends were very confident in. They brought their own trained dogs to the site, and they searched an area around a three-mile radius from the site where the truck was found. They didn't find anything, though. But they informed the family that if there were a body up there, their dogs would have found it. Mm-hmm. So at least that, like... A little bit more comfort. Exactly. In some sense. In, yeah, in a weird way, but yes. So now, the family's confident that other avenues need to be navigated. Absolutely. According to investigationdiscovery.com, the family would send occasional messages to Marshall's Snapchat account, and they realized that some of the messages were being marked as red. So it made it seem like someone had his phone and was opening Snapchat notifications. His family tried to look into it further, though, and they were told, I'm pretty sure by Snapchat, that it could have just been a glitch. So, and truthfully, you can open up Snapchats off of anything now, not just right. phones. So, right, exactly. So, there could have been a number of reasons, but it happened more than once. So, I think that's why that is very odd. You wouldn't yeah. have that glitch that many times, right? Right, exactly. So, that unfortunately is where this case stands today. Okay, so I'm gonna give a lot of background on. Marshall's description, where you can contact for any tips, how you can help support the family and their cause, all of that. Okay. So Marshall Owasa is 5'11", approximately 170 pounds. He has brown eyes and curly brown shoulder length hair at the time of his disappearance. Very pretty. Yes. (laughs) Um, He oftentimes wore a hat though, so his hair may have also been up, just a note. Um, he has tattoos across his chest and upper left arm. He has a koi fish on his left arm. And I believe it looked like wolves or something. I saw a lion his on his chest. Yeah. Um, yeah, wolf or lion, something like that. He was last seen wearing a green hoodie, black pants, red high top sneakers, and a gray toque. So to us Americans, that's just like a knit cap or a beanie. Okay. Canadians call it a toque. I had to Google that. <laughs> Um, to us Americans. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who don't know shit. It's a beanie. <laughs> a beanie or a knit cap. Okay. He was last seen driving his truck, which was a dark blue 2009 GMC Sierra. And it had Alberta license plate number B as in boy, L as in Larry, L as in Larry, 1099. His storage locker was located in the north side industrial area between Sharing and Churchill. So anyone that's familiar with the area. The sources that I'm going to post to, there's one that I was my main source, really. It has so many maps, all of the things to be helpful in regards to resources. He would be 30 years old as of 2023. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Marshall Owasa, you can call the Lethbridge Police at 403-328-4444, or you can report it to Crime Stoppers. Please note you can also report anonymously at 1-800-222-8477 
or P as in Paul, three, the number three, tips.com. And you can reference case number 1903078 to both Crime Stoppers and Lethbridge Police. I'll put all this, including the resources for the Fine Marshall WASP groups, and links and helpful photos, notes, all of that in the show notes. Marshall's family and friends have also started a petition to have the case be classified and investigated as a criminal one. Love it. Encompassed within the petition, signers are requesting for items found at the scene and his storage unit to be tested for DNA, for a formal fire investigation to be completed and reported to Lethbridge Police, increased collaboration between private investigators hired by the family and Lethbridge Police, and a thorough search to be conducted of the last known location of Marshall, so the storage unit in Lethbridge and the surrounding area. The petition was started three years ago, and as of September 26, 2023, yesterday when I did my research, there are 6,398 signatures toward their 7,500 signature goal. I will link the petition in the show notes. Please sign. Heck yeah, I'm going to go sign it as soon as you post it. It's a change.org petition so we all know the drill with those yep i've done a bunch for morbid so i'll do it yep i'm gonna put the petition i'll leave it up in our link tree as well fabulous so please 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 sign it there's literally no reason not to we'll make a post too on instagram and just make it for that and keep the link in there for people we'll pin it pin it to our instagram too yep so that's what i've got on marshall awesome my i like goosebumps like that just makes me so sad yeah i'll have to show you the photos it's horrendous like it's so creepy and it just makes no sense like me even telling it doesn't even do it justice like you have to see what this all looked like and I was sitting there thinking last night when I'm looking through photos like that 10 image carousel on Instagram isn't enough like we can make so two posts more. yeah I will probably oh, he just smile. you can tell he's like a happy person yes yes like he's even if you're depressed like well, and we know. Yeah. Depression has masks. It does. You know? It does. But I just don't see, like, with everything that his sisters talked about and stuff, I just don't see him leaving his nieces and nephews right. and leaving well, his family. Like he was really close with his family. Yeah. And it would have been strange for him not to. I think if he was to, to truly kill himself, he would have left a note for his yeah. family. I think he cared a lot about them. Yeah. I think it was foul play. I do, too. I think someone... I think someone came along as he was trying to yeah. get in the storage unit. Yeah. In the pictures that I'll show you and then I'll post, there is like a cardboard box that you can see. Yeah. So it like. So maybe know. he just grabbed the box not knowing yeah, what was in like it. Yeah, like he may have needed like something from it yeah. specifically, but he ended up getting a whole bunch of random stuff. So. Wild. I mean, I know I keep some random shit in my storage too. Dude, I need to go through my storage unit. Yeah. So bad. But I just truly cannot either... I, I firmly believe it was foul play. The only other thing that I could think of is that he really did just want to start over yeah. and wanted to just remove any, you know, inkling of him anywhere. But his wallet with his driver's license was missing. So it'd be one thing if his wallet was found at the scene too, mm-hmm. but... Well, and also the fact that he hasn't had anything happen on his bank accounts and stuff. Right. Like, normally people, when they disappear, they empty out their bank account and right. take their money with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't just... Yeah. Stop yeah. using it. Yep. But yeah, I just truly, truly hope 
that he is found. I'm like okay. ready to sign that petition like right now. I know. Because I want to see this mm-hmm. case open back up. It needs to be. I'm going to sign it with like every email address that I have. I signed it with the podcast email yes. last night first. Way to go. But Woo-hoo. Yeah. So please, please, please sign that petition. His family's had to fight so hard to even get answers and for anyone to just give a fuck about it. And you cannot tell me that this is just a cut and dry book closed suicide. It's well, not. just the way that they proceeded with the investigation, you know, like not really looking over the truck, not really right. looking over the evidence. Having completely different evidence photos than the hikers who originally found the site. Like, exactly. That tells me something's up. Like, yep. either somebody came back to the site mm-hmm. or yep. foul and play on the police department. And exactly. I'm going to throw it out there. And his family should have called out the RCMP and the police department. They posted the photos that the hikers took first compared to the RCMP. And they drew circles around everything that was different. And... In those two days, to be fair, someone could have gone up there and, like, rummaged through that stuff. Yeah, but which, they wouldn't have put stuff neatly together. Exactly. And so you're rummaging, you're just des- tossing it. Right. And it was such a desolate area, too. But it's just, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just insane. My brain is, like, blown. As you said, like, clearly I was engrossed in this case yep. because I didn't talk. I know, because I told Court, I was like, this one's probably going to be longer, but we're actually running short because we didn't really go off on any tangents. I was hooked. We usually do, but yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about this one now because A, it was so recently. Yeah, like, I was thinking that when This you said is definitely it. in the time frame. People are found in more time than this case has happened. Yeah. And granted, 2020 was almost four years ago at this point, which is insane. Oh my God. But things still happen, you know? Yes. And, uh, well, and it actually was. We've advanced a lot in technology and criminology, yes. so like... Truthfully, at this point, like the well, Canadian police, the Canadian police truly have no excuse right now. Like they won't run that zero. DNA until they get some either sign from God or have some realization that okay, this well, is. Well, I'm gonna ask God to case. literally throw down that lightning exactly. bolt and be like, "Let's go! I'm Knock throwing Zeus sense. out!" Like, yeah, come Knock on, some sense. Get your shit together, RCMP. Seriously, facts. Like you are failing this man and oh. failing his family. Yeah. Get your shit together. Let's get it going. Yeah. So I am honestly like I'm probably going to put Google alerts on for this case because I'm just so just heartbroken for his family and it's just so baffling the whole thing. Because even if we did find him like say he did run off and decide to just Mm -hmm. start over at least his family has that knowledge of like hey we know you're alive and you're okay. Like exactly exactly. And just, I don't know, again, I don't know him personally, but just from what I gathered reading about him, watching, you know, the episode of Still a Mystery that I did, I would think that he would just still at least let his family know that yeah, he was okay. Yeah, definitely has run through my head. Right. Like I said. Right. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to ask again, please sign that petition. It will be in the show notes. We'll leave it up on our link tree as well. We'll pin a post on our Instagram Post it on our TikTok. We'll like, post the story too and yeah. post the link so people can immediately yep. open the and link. And we'll keep the link on our public Patreon feed as well. So please, please, please sign the petition, share it. This is so important that this needs to be taken seriously. Heck yeah, let's go, people. Yeah. Let's get it up to that 7,500. We're not that yep. far. Nope, not at all. So that's what I got for you today. Wow. Way to bring a case to the table, my yeah. friend. This one. I was hooked. That's it. 
Yeah. Not that I'm not ever hooked to this one. I just didn't know it's the answer. Just, and I yeah. was like hoping for a happy ending. But then like well, you titled it missing. And I was like, Shit. yeah. Well, Shit. and it's rare for me to do mystery cases or disappearances because right. I don't like them. They just frustrate me. Having and no no end. Yeah, I need that resolution. Annoying. But this one, for whatever reason, like I feel like that resolution is going to come one I hope way or so. another. I really hope so. Mm-hmm. So, yep. That's what we've got today, wow. kitties. If you have any case suggestions that you like to share with us, like we always say, we prefer if you email it to us in the nick of crime podcast at gmail.com, but you can also send them to us on our socials. They are all linked in our link tree in our show notes. And I will say we do lose track in our socials, so that's yes, why that's we why asked you preferable. to send it via email. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so please do. We've gotten a lot better at TikToks, so definitely follow us on yes. that. Yep. But yeah. That's wow. what we got, friends. Wow. Well, thank you for bringing that. Of course. My I'm going to send it out that he is found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Soon. Yep. Me too. Wow. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to knock it out of the park with Keep It Creepy and Stay Freaky. <laughs> and we will see you guys, capital N, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, bye! Bye! <laughs> bye. <laughs>